Welcome! I'm Chase. And I'm Mike. And this is Fathers Unscripted. If I never get to see you again, just know I'm thankful for the time we spend. Season 4, Episode 4. Mayday, part three. And I know we're in June, <laughs> but we titled the last one Mayday because it was in May, and uh, we have a lot to talk about still. And it's leaking into June. And it's leaking into June. And it seems like it's a topic that won't ever go away anyways, so we'll just carry it over. But it's same same topic, just part three. But today we're going to more um, focus on the way to resolve the situation, fix it, you know, make it better. How are we going to protect our kids? How are we going to keep the school environment safe? All that fun stuff. But first, if you guys want to reach out to us, our email is fathers.unscripted at gmail.com. You can reach us there. Feel free to shoot an email anytime. Or if you want to check us out on Instagram, search fathers unscripted and you will find us there. You'll find the logo. That's basically what we got up right now. And uh, yeah, back to the uh, the shooting in Texas at the school in Uvalde or Uvalde, Uvalde, uh, Rob Elementary. A lot of stuff is continuing to come out. I think most of it's come out for the uh, majority of the information that people were waiting for is mostly out now. And it's still gross, still sickening, still doesn't make sense. A lot of questions a lot of unanswered questions, but uh, I think the question we can answer today is, you know, a, a obvious way of resolving the situation. Like, how is this continuing to happen? What can we do to um, not have this happen anymore? My opinion is it's the answer is not to take away guns. Um, sure it is. Let's just take it all away. Because uh, in, in history, when you cannot defend yourself, things are utopian. And that's not going to fly. <laughs> it's never going to fly. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. It makes sense to a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, the guns are the problem. It's, those people need to be explained properly that it's not the gun. It's the person. Those are also like, the same people that like paper straws. They just, they don't even it's last. Ruined. Yeah, they don't. I, it's not so, the solution. Already a quick tangent. The other day I got a drink. It had a paper straw. I didn't know it. They handed it to me in the drive-thru. I drive off. I do the old, like, just smack it on my palm <laughs> to open the straw wrapper and just destroyed the straw. It was a paper straw. So <laughs> they can just go straight in the garbage. Well, now, now you got sawdust for uh, your chickens. Now I just, I mean, yeah, but I had no straw. <laughs> kind of ruined it for me. Ice is so cold on my teeth. Anyways. Resolving the situation is going to start with obviously the people, and but first and foremost, it should start with the parents. I mean, the parents are the ones who are sending the, the child to that school. You know, maybe ask the parents what the uh, or what they think the school should do to protect the kids. And I'm sure a lot of parents wouldn't say, "Oh, take the guns away from us so you guys can protect our kids." What? Yeah, no, thank you. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so getting into it, obviously a little bit there, but 
I want to hear uh, your take first on, you know, some of your ideas or even talked about ideas that other people have shared on uh, fixing this. Yeah. So um, I had two ideas outside of trying to fix the home. Cause I feel like this is where it's kind of starting. If you look at all these shootings um, there's just for the younger shooters, there's something you could look back and there's just instability in the family. Um, I believe the Uvalde shooter had an absent dad, ma, and I could be butchering these statistics or these facts, but absent dad, uh, in and out of drug rehab or addict mom living with grandparents. And they're, I think picked on in school, kind of a loner. And so you go down this road of just having no stability. And we talked about this several episodes, I think, um, back where what's the importance of a father is that like compass for a child, um, whether it's just mimicking behavior or just knowing right from wrong. Uh, there's something to having a, a dad that's present um, emotionally not always physically, uh, consistently, right? Cause there's just some jobs where, you know, business trips, military, uh, you know, you have firefighters that do, um, different shifts. So like, but being there when they're home, emotionally present, being invested in their kids' lives, when that is not a thing, uh, I feel like it's really hard, uh, for, for kids to have success, especially young men, uh, or young boys, not impossible. There's plenty of single mothers that have done a great job. There are plenty of mm-hmm. grandparents that have done a great job. Totally. But you're just going up against the eight ball when the father's not present. So like it starts with the family, but let's just say we're not going to fix that anytime soon, right? Divorce rates aren't, aren't decreasing. And if they are, they're not going, f- they're not decreasing at a fast enough rate. So everyone wants to take away the gun. That's just a horrible idea. And, uh and if you just look at the facts of why that's a horrible idea, uh, you could go all the way through history and how much you don't want government to take away uh, civilians' guns. You just don't want that. And if Never. you go even farther back, taking away weapons. So another thing that needs to be like brought to attention, which I don't – it kind of also goes with the Ukraine Russian war with, and that, that is still going on. I know, uh, our, our media likes to bounce around with whatever is the hottest topic and mm-hmm. deflect and well, sidetrack war. people. But, uh, there is a, there is something that's called evil and it's been around since forever. It's not going anywhere. And so it's growing. It's yeah. But, it's, it's not only growing, but it's, it's also evolving, but it's nothing new. So I don't, I want to make sure I also point that out. There have been sick people throughout human existence, right? I mean, Cain killed his, well, Cain killed his brother yeah. um, with a rock. So. Got to take the rocks away now. The, exactly. Since the beginning of time. And you can go throughout like narrow, uh, horrible, right? Yeah. Obviously Hitler, 
like you can just go through time. And if you actually do um, some research, actually, I read a, I read a book about Ukraine and like the history of Ukraine in that area, super hard to follow because of that area has been in turbulence, but there was yeah. evil people like just killing people for no reason. Um, if you study anything about the Jewish history, um, Jews have been persecuted for since forever. Beginning but of time. even even like in modern times during like the World War, like 1900s to, to now in different regions, they've been persecuted and bad. Like just do some reading and you'll see evil has always been around. It's not just out of nowhere and people will kill and they don't need a gun. Because evil doesn't – a gun's not evil. It's just a piece of an equ- equipment. So let's look at what we can do uh, now because that's what we want to do, right? What's, what can we do now? Get rid of the guns. That's not, that's not the problem. Um, so what can we do now without getting rid of our guns? And something I was thinking about, there's two solutions, and I talked to you I think right after we got off the we, – we were right after we kind of – thought through this whole shooting and mm-hmm. as the media was running rampant with solutions that were horrible right away, I was thinking about how much money we did send to Ukraine. And it was like, I, th- I want to say it was 40 billion, 44 billion, 55. I don't know. Big numbers. Billion. <laughs> billion. So let's just round to 40 billion. It's a nice round number. There are approximately 130 schools. And what's crazy is like, we were talking about this the very next day. I saw like four or five people tweet the same basic number yeah but 40 billion 130 schools that's like three hundred and seven thousand six hundred ninety two dollars and thirty cents like ish so that means that we could instead of sending 40 billion to ukraine we could give three hundred and seven thousand dollars to each school k through 12 throughout the u.s for this year at least. I mean, obviously we can't keep giving 40 billion. Oh, maybe we'll keep giving 40 billion to Ukraine, who knows. But for this year, 300,000 <laughs> 300, to each school to buff their uh, security. And all that would entail would be to hire six people and pay them 50,000 a year, right? Which is pretty much, I mean, that's kind of below minimum wage. So we could, you know, tinker with those numbers. Uh, but I figured six people, you would have shifts of two at each school. You could go hours, uh, rotate weeks. I don't know how it would work. Uh, but there are plenty of, I think, ex-military that would like a job. Um, this is right up their alley. And obviously, you would have to screen them because of – well, you would want to screen anyone that's going to be holding a gun at the entrance of a door. So you'd screen them. But there are some – military vets that probably would not be fit for this job but there are plenty that a would want to do it or need to do it and now you have someone that is not going to panic in a high intense situation will probably read the situation before it starts and if you don't have just one person there doing it you have multiple they can now feed off each other to make sure they assess the situation and make the right call and you could do that. You could increase like security. I don't know what, what's so big about not increasing security. I mean, 
there was a couple high schools that we played basketball at when we were in high school that you had to walk through a metal detector to get to the gym. I don't yeah. know if you, I mean, yeah, I remember that. Alisal, Alvarez. I mean, these are high schools that you walk through metal detectors to get to a gym. So like, I don't, we don't need to put little kids through that because they're not the issue, but we can boost security with, I would say $40 billion. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and, and then if we needed to save money for whatever reason, I'm sure we, we have neighborhood watch communities or whatever. We could do that where parents have to maybe be like, maybe volunteer a day a month to sit out and, or, you know, sit out front and guard the school, a couple of parents. Um, and hopefully like our society would say, okay, for job purposes, right? Cause you can't just tell your job. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm volunteering. Like we acknowledge that like, Hey, I'm on security at my kid's school today. And it's a given, it's not even a holiday. Cause I wouldn't call that as a holiday, but it's a given thing every month couple parents or a couple, you know, you could have a handful of parents, depending on how big the school is kind of like, uh, the dad's on duty, like yep. very similar. Yeah. Um, and we could do that. And, and maybe we still have maybe one or two, probably two military ex military ex cops, um, getting paid to, to stand watch. And then you have your, your parents as well for assistance. And it would be very hard for somebody to to get into a school that way. Yeah. So those would be my like two suggestions that we could literally do right now. Um, maybe we can't do it this year because we already gave 40 billion, but if like that 40 billion comes around somehow, like if those are my tax dollars to protect kids, I am fine with that. I'm absolutely perfectly fine with that. And I would be more than willing to, to volunteer my time if, if we can make that work. So um, those were my two things that like have been on top of my mind on how I could, how I could suggest that whatever my boy school, um, volunteer, however that works now it's summer, but going forward. So, uh, what were your, I know you had some ideas too, that you would like to share. So what do you, what would you have? And well, to remind everybody it's voting time too, for a lot of folks. So, um, don't forget to get out there and vote because that can also help the cause of you trying to do something as a parent in a school, have the right person in there leading, you know, some area or whatnot Mm -hmm. that you guys actually want in there to help push things instead of, you know, people we have in there now that do absolutely nothing. Don't forget what happened during COVID, everybody. You should get out there and vote. And hope everything goes smoothly. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. So resolutions on my end, um, the higher a vet was one of my big ones. I love that. Because it just, it makes so much sense for the fact that veterans come back. Um, they're perfect candidates for these type of positions like police, firefighting, you know, all those first mm-hmm. responders. And something like this, I mean, it, it's just, it makes total sense. And plus we have plenty of veterans and plenty of veterans who would do this and still do something else is I know there's a lot of veterans who would volunteer to do this just to do something for the kids because you know most most people this doesn't make sense why something like this isn't happening in the first place and I know a lot of people are saying that too it's not just you know from left field it's like yeah that's one of the the big things that you bring up how to fix this it's like oh yeah we'll just get some veterans in there like yeah people fought, fought for this country can also protect the future of this country yeah, and they, like, they just know how to analyze the situation because of their training. Yeah, they're professionals. It's like that's what their job was. Now they're in a you know community environment 
a school environment and then they're just still using those skills that they acquired working for the U.S. military. It's like, yeah, it makes total sense. Too much sense. Too much sense. That's why it makes no sense to those. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I also have another one, like you you kind of touched on it too, just like security measures. Why, why aren't there more security measures in these schools? And one of them is like, but build a fence around each school. Why can't we just... We don't want to build fences. Put a fence up. Or walls. Uh, well, yeah, but to resolve one of these situations that has nothing to do with guns and just has to do with building a fence one time. And then there's literally one entrance to the school facility Mm -hmm. and there's just, there'll be cameras, you know, on each corner or whatever of the fence to watch the fence. And there's one guy watching security cameras. Yeah. And then somebody at the door at the gate, one security guy or whatever, just having people come in. So the security guard sees everybody who comes into the facility. Boom. Same. You could mix that with the veterans. Have that one veterans just standing by that one gate entrance all day long, mm-hmm. and then the other dudes watching security cameras. That was one of my ideas. Just up the security and like literally just put a fence. If people are able to walk up to a classroom off the street and just open a door, um, that kind of opens the door literally for whatever can happen. And obviously, we saw that kind of thing happen in Texas. Literally was able to just walk up and open a door. Granted, that door should not have been open. It was propped open, but still, it's like if if we minimize the time that takes this person to get from way out beyond over a fence to the building, if we mm-hmm. make that time, you know, longer, give people a chance to react and protect themselves or get that security guard over there because he's watching them on the camera, boom, problem solved. We went to a school that had a fence around it. Yeah. At least the front of it. No, they they gated the whole thing. Like if you were going to try to get in, you would have to go on the opposite side of campus. We were blessed enough to go to like this hundred acre campus. Like it was Mm -hmm. spread out. So, but you were going to have to work um, to get in. I actually, as students, you couldn't really play. uh, You couldn't really ditch. Nope. Because there was one out, like you can only go out one way. You'd have to climb the fence uh, I remember we were late for a baseball game and they forgot to unlock the fence to go to the parking lot because we got uh, out yeah. early. And Nick Tuttle tried to climb it and he slipped and he got his pants like stuck on it and he was hanging upside down with his pants <laughs> like hooked around the top. So, I mean, there, you, there's ways. Yeah, I, There's definitely ways. There's some schools that you can't have a fence, but then you just figure a different way to do it. Yeah. Um, my boy's school that we sent him to now, there's only one entrance. Like they... Once school starts, there's only one way you can get in and it's locked and you have to ring the doorbell thingy and then there's a camera right there and then the assistant principal looks at who you are, you say who you are and that's the only way you get in. Before hours, before hours, like obviously when school's out, but there's ways to do it. Yeah. And that's like, it's an easy one and if it's already being done at some schools, why can't we just make it happen at every school? And to kind of go along with that whole concept of, you know, how the school is there already. How can we protect it? You know, the fence is something you could do. Mm -hmm. Hire better security uh, measures or um, build better security measures like cameras and this and that. Have jail cell doors basically where they, they close automatically. Obviously, it doesn't look like a jail cell door, but have that door be able to shut automatically. So when that person sees 
on the security cameras that somebody's in the school or whatever, boom, just hit something and close all the doors and have them automatically locked. It's like they do it in the prisons. Well, can we also just make it routine? This isn't going away. So can we just make it routine where kids have to practice protocol on active shooters? Yeah. We, I, I think I shared this at the last episode. I think um, when I was teaching at Heston College, two weeks before the students came on campus, like all colleges, you bring your your RAs on campus early, um, some other student leadership on early, and all of them and all the teachers went through active shooter, like what you do during act. The police came in and told us how to do how to treat it, and there's like several different situations you can handle, and is it gonna um, create no casualties. No, but it's going to minimize it. And especially if everyone's kind of aware of what to do, especially if you have leadership students and then all the teachers know what to do, it won't just be a shock. I mean, people practice getting under their desks for earthquakes, for nukes. I mean, since that, <laughs> that still doesn't make any sense. Like who thought of like, okay, so if a nuke goes off, get under your desk, children. Those desks are super sturdy. Like, but that's a different, that's a different episode. Just we've had morons in, in leadership positions for a long time, but we did training, whether it was good training or not, but like we've had, we've gone through this enough to just make it, they do fire drills. Yeah. Right. And I don't know how productive those things are, but there are more shootings and fires at school. So why are we not doing active shooter training? And this is going to sound bad. The active shooter training we did at the college was like a lot of fun because you learn something, you know, it could actually benefit you, but the training, the, the training was really cool. They gave us like, uh, like squishy nerf balls to, and then they had this guy come in to try to get in. And one of the situations, cause they put you through all kinds of different scenarios on what you can do. And one of the scenarios is like, they get in and you're kind of screwed. Right. And they say, pick up anything at your desk and throw it at the person to get other people time to get out. Mm-hmm. And so when to, you practice it, you all get these little Nerf balls and <laughs> there's like 50 people or 60 people in these, like, right. These, these classes, cause it's college and they come in and you just chuck it and then you like, you practice it. And again, that part's the fun part. Obviously I wouldn't want to be in these situations. I'm not saying that being an active situation, uh, active shooter situation is not fun, but the training you can make it to where kids are engaged. And if you do it every single year, by the time they're in high school, when this is probably closer to actually happening, they will all know what to do where we can minimize casualties. Cause it's not going away. Cause guess what? If we put more restrictions on gun laws, if these kids really want to do damage or these people really want to do damage, they're going to buy or get a gun. Yeah. It's never stopped somebody before. Like, let me ask you this. You might know the answer. I don't know. (laughs) How many people in American gangs or the cartel have registered their guns? I'm just on a, on a, what do you think the number is? From zero to a million, zero being no one's registered their guns in those in those communities, or a million they all have. I'd say like a thousand. That's actually a pretty good number. It's really a thousand low, gang. You think a thousand gang members? Because a lot of them do have 
actual guns that are registered to them. But then they have also illegal guns for other purposes. I don't know. That was a weird, uh, it's a weird guess. I mean, sure. I mean, a thousand <laughs> above a million. What What's the percentage? Low. Very low. So criminals are going to get their guns. Yeah. If they need to do damage, they're going to get their guns. Why do you think most guns are stolen out of people's houses? Yeah. It's like, because they need a gun need to guns. do criminal activity. So another one that we can do right now to protect the kids is just arm the teachers. And I think this would have to do with specific teachers who can pass specific tests like, you know, a CCW Mm -hmm. license to carry um, it concealed, whatnot, go through the training because there's a lot of training to get that. And then they have to stay up on their uh, target practice. And then there are already people out there who would volunteer to do it anyways. Well, sign me up. I'll be a teacher tomorrow. If that and was the case. Let's say that they they get a a little added bonus for being that teacher who is doing the CCW carry and carrying a weapon during school hours to protect the kids. We all know there's a bunch of teachers at a school. You know, pick three of them. And pick say three there's just three teachers at every school that are armed. And I think that's a, another one of those easy ones. I mean, it's not going to take a lot to do that. You just got to have people take the classes and then, here, go to school with the gun in your waist. No big deal. You could do that. I would also probably, to add to that, I really like that idea, but you just don't tell any student who it is. Oh, absolutely. They don't need to know. I mean, knowing our government, they would have like a website posted on who all the teachers are that can carry the gun. Yeah. With pictures and everything. Pictures and everything. Where they live. <laughs> what car what they room? Drive. What rooms they, they teach in what the capacity is, the best entrance, the route of escape. <laughs> what time the breaks? <laughs> yeah. When they're most alone in their classroom. Yeah. What days they have off. Yeah, what days they have off. Unreal. That, that would happen. I, I I, would bet money that would happen if we had that program. Because it would be a government-funded program. It'd have to be. Which is fine. We have $40 billion lying around that we're giving to other countries. So, like... Yeah, toilet paper. I, I guarantee you our government does that. So that's another that's another easy thing that we can do that can protect the kids. Yes. And like you said in the beginning, all of these common sense things. It's like something simple we can do. It doesn't take a lot. Granted, the forty billion is a lot of money, but it didn't take a lot for them to no, just send that over in a blink of an eye. And all the other billions we've gotten rid of in the past two years. They were talking about it. I went to the bathroom, I came out and forty billion went to Ukraine. Yeah. You flushed, and then that's exactly yeah. what happened. Just and flushed it away. <laughs> see you later. So it's annoying to see all of these like fights and bickering because every single time something like this happens, it goes straight to getting rid of the guns. Yeah. Oh my god! I go. Like, oh, we got to get rid of the guns. Take the guns away. It's like that's not what happened up in Canada when Trudeau was like, "Oh, we got to take away the pistols." Everybody went out and bought pistols. Yeah, everything went up. Like, what do you think? People are all like, oh, that's a good idea. Where's the, where's the buyback? I'm going to sell mine back to you guys so you can give me money for my... No, that doesn't happen. People go and they stock up on all the guns and ammo they can. No one buys guns to sell them for more money. No. Like, what? In, in that context, I'm not going to go buy a gun so that the government can buy it back for me. Yeah. There are people that obviously 
do that. They sell guns to make money. But their thing was, <laughs> we'll pay you to give you your gun. Like that's just, first no. of all, if you're doing that, if you're, if you're, if you're falling for that, you're quite pathetic. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Now, if you have an old gun that doesn't work, sure, like a musket, that, good move. Get some money for it. Yeah. Like a musket. But Go give it to a history uh, museum and make some bank. Yeah. But if you have a legit working gun that you have around the house for Don't safety, get rid of it. And you just get rid of it. That's, I question your mental state. Yeah. Don't get rid of it. This whole thing that happens every single time with a mass shooting, though, is just so aggravating because it never talks about actually resolving these situations. It just goes to guns are bad. Take guns away. Or make them impossible to get for the yeah. people that can do it legally. We need more gun gun laws, gun restrictions, and gun everything. It's like, well, what about, like we talked about before, mental health and all this other stuff that we can do. And like, what about just protecting the schools? Why is that never in the conversation? It's always just, oh, it's the gun, it's the gun, it's the gun. It's like, yeah. no, there's so many other, other things, which is why we've talked about this for three episodes. It's because all of these things are wrapped up around a mass shooting like this, but they all get pushed to the wayside because there's some other agenda going on. Yeah. And, and gun laws don't work. No. They really don't. It like, deters some people from doing some things, but yeah, yeah, overall I mean, gun yes. laws, like, no. Yes. Just like if, if you decide you're not going to get your license or ever ride in a car, you're probably not going to get in a car accident. Yeah. Right? Like, but you can't just take away everyone else's car yeah. because of an accident <laughs> over here or whatever. And here's the thing. All these shootings, it's not like it's just like some guy messing around with a, an AR-15, which doesn't stand for assault rifle. But anyways, like it's not like him just standing there and firing off like 15 rounds by accident getting somebody. Like the person pulling the trigger needs help. And if it starts at a young age, well, then we need to have systems where the dads are present or they have a good family system. If the dad is not present, you cannot tell me that this individual shooting the at Uvalde, he shot his grandmother. You, you cannot tell me this kid was stable, mentally stable. So right away, there's no reason to even talk about the gun. There's no reason to talk about what is wrong with having a gun. The kid shot his grandmother first. So why are we not talking about mental health? He went into a school that, for whatever reason, a door is propped open. Why are we not talking about security? Why are we not talking about protocol, right? We have a police officers not going in to do their job. Why are we not talking about police protocol in this region or yeah. all region? Like we go straight to the gun, which is a piece of equipment. And also why, why isn't the FBI doing their job? Well, they because, haven't done their job in the last like 30 years. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me because you look back at all these, a lot of these mass shootings and it's like, Oh yeah, the FBI knew they about knew. this person. Oh, the yeah. FBI knew about this person. It's like, well, why have they not done anything? They're worried about beforehand? parents. At, they're worried about parents at board meetings. It's like, 
Why can't people just do their job? Well, it'd be hard. No one wants to do their job. And life is hard. Yeah, well, it's never going to get easier. Unless you follow more Instagram influencers, (laughs) life does get a little easier if you just do their, their 67 steps to happiness and follow that protocol. You'll be much happier. Mm. World would be a better place. Take a picture by a tree. You can wear, you can wear your polka dot dress. It's all very fitting for nowadays. <laughs> well, that is true. You Anybody can get into some nightclubs now if you do that. <laughs> but ah, again, so I, aggravating. The the gun. If you put the gun down, it will not pull. It won't. No, you need someone to pull the trigger. You need someone to pull the trigger, and the person that's pulling the trigger is the one that we should be focusing on. Why are they doing that? So when you listen to this, keep what we talked about in mind. And also, when you're ever having conversations with people about this, you got to shoot them down from talking about guns. Yeah, no pun intended. Aha. Exactly. But they need to get off this pedestal of that guns are the problem. So part of having conversations is educating people and each other on certain things. And this is one that we can't let people let loose on guns being the issue. Like we have to actually talk about all these other things. And if we're not talking about them with other people, then it's just feeding the narrative of guns are bad. And then all, all you other people that are crazy gun owners just want to have guns. You're so gun happy and this and that, blah, blah. Then it just turns into that consistent argument. And we need to change that because it's never, never turns into being about the kids. It turns into remembering the kids and remembering all this and remembering all that, which is awesome, but that's all it is. Remembering and talking about guns. So let's do some more on protecting our children, our future. I mean, to us dads and parents out there, it's like there are everything. So mm-hmm. let's kind of put some effort into protecting them and let them enjoy their elementary and high school years in safety. And there's ways to do that. And we, we've shared that and you guys need to get out there and share too. And uh, with that, Chase and I are going to sign off. But if you guys want to shoot us an email, chat with us at all. Um, you can fire one off to us at fathers.unscripted at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at fathersunscripted. Thank you for sticking with us through May Day, and we will get on to June in our next one. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, guys.